Kids, I want to encourage you. Um, there is an article online by Nine Marks, if some of you have not heard of that, but just Google in Nine Marks. It's a little article called, If You Want Your Church to Sing, Teach Your Children to Sing. But I want you to read that article because it's an impassioned plea, and I, it just resonates with me. It's a sad thing how many children grow up and they're never exposed to singing. If you're a Christian parent, singing should be a part of your home. I want to encourage you, even if you're not a good singer, you don't have to play the piano, put tapes on, but the Bible tells us that we should sing to the Lord, and you have no idea, some of you, how much that impacts children and how long they'll remember those songs. If you're a Christian, you should be filled with the Spirit. The Spirit of God puts songs in our heart. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the Spirit, singing and making melody in your heart. So pray that we will be a singing church and a church where our families and homes are singing to the Lord. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but there's something glorious that the Spirit uses in music. If you're visiting with us, I want to welcome you, and I'm going to invite our, our folks to come. If you don't have a Bible, we would be happy to give you a Bible, or if you just need to borrow one this morning, <clears throat> we are so thankful to God that more and more people are coming here to learn the Word of God. We are not about trying to get numbers or money. We want people to turn to the Word of God. There are so many folks today that go to church, but they know nothing about the Bible, and they are clueless as to the transforming truths of God's Word. So please bring your friends, and one of the things we want to also encourage you is we have an insert in there about the Riverstone Institute. If you didn't get one of these, be sure to find out about this. There's a 12-week study called Mining God's Word, How to Study the Bible. We will teach you and help you to learn how to read and study God's Word on your own. Now, you know that we're doing a series right now on the doctrines of the Christian faith, and I wanted to do a, a message on Satan and angels, but I thought I would do this. I interviewed an angel, and so I took some notes, and this is called The Story of Christmas as Told by an Angel and Confirmed by God's Inspired Holy Scriptures. Please don't get preoccupied with the cleverness or cuteness, because I want you to think carefully about what the Bible teaches about angels and Christmas. So let's pray, and then we'll start. Father, thank you for your word. And I pray that each one of us will be changed today as God's word, the Holy Bible, is spoken. Speak to our hearts and may the Holy Spirit build up and edify this church. And may the gospel ring forth from us. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> as I interviewed this angel, he started back in the beginning. He said, Elohim, our God, this one and only true God, the one who created us, he said he created so many of us, the Father, Son, and Spirit, there, there were too many to count. He reminded me of Revelation 5 where it says, John saw the many angels around the throne, living creatures and elders, and the number of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands. Pretty interesting, I said. He went on to tell me that they were orderly, that, that they weren't just chaotic crowds, but they were organized, that they were worshipers, and that that God had work for them to do, and so they worshiped and perfectly obeyed him in this beautiful place. In fact, he said, don't you remember the psalmist said, bless the Lord, you his angels, mighty in strength, who do what? Who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Kind of struck me, they're obedient. He said, bless the Lord, all you hosts. That's another word for angels, you who serve him, doing his will. And you know, it started me thinking, because the Bible says, Christians are supposed to walk by faith, not by sight. The things that we see are temporary. The things which are unseen are eternal. And I thought about that other world of angels 
of God, of spirits, and of kingdom, and of hell. He went on to explain that angels aren't all equal, that they have ranks and titles and order, and some of them are called cherubim and seraphim. And he said, do you remember when I... Isaiah in Genesis, it talks about God driving Adam and Eve out of the garden and stationing cherubim, flaming swords. He reminded me of that passage in Isaiah 6 when Isaiah saw seraphim. And it got me thinking about something. You know, when, when angels appeared on earth, they looked like humans. But he says, yeah, but when you read your Bible, they don't look like humans when they're in heaven. He reminded me about seraphim who have six wings, with two they cover their feet, with two they fly, and, and one called out to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And I, and I thought about that invisible world where God and angels dwell. He said, we even have some called living creatures, and, and he told me, he said, be honest, you humans would find these very strange. He said, don't you remember reading in Revelation 4 that before the throne of God there's a sea of glass like crystal, and in the center and around the throne are Four living creatures. These are angels. Well, what do they look like? Well, he said they're full of eyes in front and behind. I thought that was kind of strange. And he said, and the first creature was like a lion. The second was like a calf. He said the third had the face like that of a man. And the fourth creature was like a, a flying eagle. And these four living creatures, each of them had six wings and full of eyes all around them. But then he said, don't miss this. Day and night it means right now. He said, Tom, right now, day and night, they don't cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, who was and is and who is to come. And I thought about how, how different it is down here, how disconnected. And then he told me of the greatest angel of all. He said, his name is Michael, and we call him the archangel, which he explained in Greek means the chief angel. He said, you know, one time, Michael, the archangel, it tells us in Jude, he disputed with the devil and he argued about the body of Moses. But even the archangel didn't dare to revile against Satan or bring a railing judgment. And he said, and don't forget, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, he said, Michael's going to be in the game here. He said, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. I mean, this was interesting. I was, I was taken. And then he, then he told me, he said, you know, before God created the universe, he, he, he provided for us. He said, we were full of joy day and night. We worshiped and served him. I said, well, what kind, did you eat? He said, of course we ate. I said, well, like what, angel food cake? He goes, no, don't you read your Bible? He said in Psalm 78, you guys tasted our food. He rained down manna upon them to eat. Talking about the children of Israel. He gave them food from heaven. Man did eat the bread of angels. I was like, I always wondered about that. Was that real? You actually ate manna? He sent them food in abundance. And, he's, and, and then he kind of he, he gave me an attitude adjustment. He goes, listen, you need to tell people that they are deluded about us. He said, we're not little naked, butted babies like you picture on people's shoulders. He goes, knock it off. We're much greater in power and might than you. He said, don't you read? Second Peter says, Wicked men are daring and self-willed. They don't tremble when they revile against angelic majesties and telling jokes and mocking Satan. Instead, he said, whereas angels who are greater in might and power. And I was like, wow, it kind of made me think, wait, I thought I was a pretty big deal. He said, don't e they don't even bring a reviling judgment against them before the Lord. 
And he said, you know, back when God first created us, before he created the universe, we heard talk. We heard about many things, that, about a universe that God would speak into space, about, about a planet, Earth, about a, 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 a being, you beings called man that are made in the image of God. And, and, and we heard things about rebellion and, re, and redemption and, 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 and a sacrificed lamb. And we, we didn't really understand it at the time, but this was all planned out before God created you folks. He said, don't you remember in Revelation, the Bible says the lamb was slain from the creation of the world? By then, he had my attention. I'm like, tell me more. He said, God, our creator, the triune God, was planning and unfolding this drama of redemption on planet Earth. And he reminded me, he said, you know, don't you remember how Paul told Timothy that God saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace? But then he said, that purpose and grace was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Man, my mind was like swelling. I'm like, wow, here I thought like, I'm thinking here and now. He's going, Tom, God thought about you before the foundation of the world. And tell your people that. Tell the believers that God called them and, 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 and purposed for them before he even created the universe. Kind of made me think about life differently. He went on to say, there was a time when people used to call us sons of God. And he said, knowing that God was going to create this universe, he said, I was there when he spoke the heavens into space. Unbelievable. He said, don't you remember when God said to Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. And verse 7 says, when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. And I pictured these millions of angels worshiping and and I wondered if they did like a wave or anything or had their wings up. They were just praising God loudly and singing to him as he created the universe. But then he said, you know, there's a backstory here that you need to know about. One of our own. One of our own, an anointed cherub, whom you call Satan, he led a rebellion up in heaven. He was a perfect angel, but he wasn't content with his role. He wanted to be God. And he misled many of my friends, but I, along with others, didn't follow him. He said, haven't you read in Isaiah about Lucifer, the star of the morning, the son of the dawn, whom God says, you've been cut down to earth, you weakened the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, and I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. And he told me how Satan wanted to be like God. And I said, you know, that's probably why it says in 1 Timothy, a new convert shouldn't be an elder, lest he'll be puffed up with pride and fall into the condemnation of Satan. And then he told me something I never thought about before. He said, it's been suggested in your Bible that up to a third of the angels in heaven followed Satan in rebellion against God. I'm like, you don't know? He said, read the Bible. Revelation 12 says there was another sign in heaven, a great dragon whom this passage tells us is Satan. And it says his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven. And I said, does that, does that mean there's a third of the angels fell? He looked at me silently. And I said, well, what happened? He said, well, he goes, God expelled Satan from heaven. There was war in heaven. and Satan was cast down to the earth. 
He said, your book speaks of a future war as well. And, and I was so glad because I've often read this passage going, is this about the future or is this about before the world began? And he said, you have a Bible? You have the Holy Spirit? It says there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels waged war. And they weren't strong enough, and there was no longer found a place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who was called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And he said, we thought for sure that right then God would destroy them immediately. But for his own glory, he determined to allow Satan to go on. Proverbs 16, 4 says, the Lord has made everything for his purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. He said, he even allowed this wicked being, Satan, to take dominion over the earth. That, that, he said, don't you remember when God created man on this earth? You fools who still believe in evolution. He said, don't you remember that God gave Adam authority, but he lost that dominion? He said, don't you remember when Satan tempted Christ? I said, you know, I've always wondered if he, if he was lying here. When Satan said to Jesus, I will give you all the domain in its glory, for it's been handed over to me, and I will give it to whomever I wish. Then I started thinking, wait, that explains why he's, he's called Satan, the adversary. That must explain why Satan is called the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. The angel looks at me, he goes, duh. He goes, here's how good he is. There's a whole lot of people that don't even believe in him. He said, don't you read your Bible? Even if our gospel's veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. He said, do you know how many people think this is a silly book? They don't believe a word in it. Do you know how many people have one of these on their shelf and never read it? That's how good Satan is. And if that's your attitude today, I would urge you to pray to God to open your eyes because Satan has blinded you to this book. He said, but even though he didn't destroy him then, he prepared a place for Satan and his angels. It's a place of everlasting fire. He said, don't you remember Jesus used to talk about this place? It's hell. And he said, it's a real and terrible place. It's not something for jokes. In Matthew 25, 41, he tells of how Jesus said, when he returns, he will say to some, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire. But notice, it has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Got me thinking, well, why do people end up there too? Well, he said, those of us who didn't rebel will never rebel. God calls us his holy angels. And then, then he showed me a, a frightening verse about hell. The Bible speaks of a day when people who have not followed Christ will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels. The holy angels. God has elect angels and in the presence of the Lamb. By now I was sobered. He said, Tom, Satan and his demons are real. They know they're going to hell. He said, don't you remember when, when, when demons would, would encounter Christ? Think about what they said. 
Remember in Matthew, the, the demon said, what do we have to do with you, son of God? Have you come here to torment us? Read it, Tom. Before the time, they know they're going to hell. Doesn't it say in Revelation, for this reason rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them? Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down having great wrath, knowing that he only has a short time. Got to be thinking about how people make jokes about Satan and air conditioners in hell. Satan's not playing games. And then he said, look, Tom, they want to take as many humans with them as they can. He's not the landlord of hell. He's, the, he's the, the chief person who will be tormented there. I said, well, well how's he going to drag people with him? He said, they'll turn them away from the Bible. God has given you answers, people. I said, well, how's he going to turn them away from the Bible? Won't people believe this? He said, the Spirit says in later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. I said, well, wait a minute. You mean, you mean there's churches that teach this book inappropriately? He said, they're all over America. Every time they tell you things that are in contradiction to the Bible, that's a doctrine of demons. He said, these pluralistic preachers who say there's many ways to heaven, the Lord Jesus said, he's the way, the truth, and the life. He said, people who stand up and tell you, be good, and, and, and God will let you into heaven. People who tell you that, that that somehow it's, it's based on your performance. He said, those are doctrines of demons. Tell your people, come out from among churches that teach false teaching. Don't let them be dragged into hell with popular theology that's unbiblical. He said, don't you remember once God created Satan? That immediately when Adam and Eve were, were created, that he, he got busy trying to draw them into rebellion like him. He convinced them to rebel against God. And, and he, he reminded me of Genesis 3. The serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field that God had made. And he said to the woman, has God said, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And he reminded me, that's how Satan works. He wants you to question God's word. And he's a liar. He said, don't you remember Jesus said he's a father of lies? He said, Eve, you're not going to die. That was a bold lie. But then he got me thinking. He said, don't you remember that once they sinned? Read Genesis 3. He said, God looks Satan right in the eye and he said this. I will put enmity between you and the woman. You, Satan, I will put hostility between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. And I thought, wait, the seed of a woman? He said, he shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. I was like, who, who is this seed? And then I thought in Romans 16, it says, God's going to one day crush Satan under our feet. So wait a minute. So it's probably talking about Jesus, that Satan would bruise him on the heel, that he would kill him on the cross, but God would raise Jesus from the dead, and he would one day destroy Satan. He's like, duh, that's what Christmas is all about. That's where the whole idea of Christmas comes from. It's about how your Old Testament predicted in great detail how God would send his son to earth to save mankind from hell. He said it's not just Many Jews that are blinded because they think Jesus isn't Messiah. There's Gentiles as well. There's people all over the place. Don't they know what the Bible says? The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and shall bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I, I once heard a choir sing, unto us a child is born. And he said, yeah, that's Isaiah 6. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. The Old Testament predicted that Jesus would come to the earth. And I was like, well, did, did, did you know when it was going to happen? They said, we knew he would come, but we longed to know the time. But then one day it happened. He said, don't you remember in Galatians when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son? He told me how Jesus got off the throne of God. He said, you know how you sing, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given, and how Christ went down and was conceived as God-man in the womb of Mary. And I was like, yeah, I, I, I do remember that. He said, in fact, Tom, many of us were extra busy that first Christmas because God was moving on planet Earth in, a, in an amazing way. He said, one of my personal friends was sent to Zacharias. And it got me thinking, like, if there's millions of angels, do they all know one another? Or do they have, like, you know, fellowships and they, they know the, the ones around them? He said, yeah. He said, my friend literally was sent to Zacharias. He said, haven't you read in Luke 1, Zacharias, John the Baptist's dad? He was, he was ministering in the temple and, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared to him. He said, he said, Tom, tell your people, these are not jokes and stories. This is the God's honest truth. The angel stood at his right hand and, and Zacharias was troubled when he saw him and, and fear gripped him. But, but my friend said to him, don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard. See, he was praying to have a child. And some of you are praying to have a child. Don't give up praying. The angel said, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will give him the name John. And he said, and I'm not name dropping here, but my friend was Gabriel. He said, it says right here, the angel answered and said, I said you know Gabriel? He said, I do. He said, Gabriel said, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. By the way, he's still doing that. And I've been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. Wow. So, is Gabriel doing anything else? He said, oh, yeah. He said, after that, Gabriel was sent to a virgin named Mary. He said, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David. The virgin's name was, I'll go, yeah, the Virgin Mary. I know that story. And he came in and he said, hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. And then he looked me in the eye. He said, Tom, but I need to tell you something. He goes, there's a lot of people that are mixed up about Mary. He said, first of all, whoever told you that she's sinless? The Bible doesn't say that. He said in Luke chapter 1, Mary called God her Savior. And he said, Tom, whoever told you that Mary is a perpetual virgin? The Bible doesn't say that. Matthew chapter 1 says, Joseph kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a child. Jesus had brothers and sisters. He said, tell them, don't worship Mary. I said, all right, I'll tell them. And then he said, another angel was sent to speak to Joseph and convince him to not break off his marriage with Mary. And it got me thinking about Joseph when Mary says, hey, man, I know we're engaged, but listen, I'm pregnant. But wait, it's not what you think. And he wrote, the first song was called Away in My Anger, not Away in a Manger. I said, wow, I don't blame him. But when he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. 
And I was like, that's right, it was an angel who said, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for that which has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, wow, the angels were busy at Christmas. He said, that's nothing. He said, Tom, let me tell you about my favorite part. He said, it was the night Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He said, I was there that night. I said, you were there? He said, I was one of the chosen. I was there. I said, oh, yeah, that's the shepherds. Go tell it on the mountain. He goes, stop talking. Let me tell you what the Bible says. (laughs) In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And I was like, why did God pick shepherds? They were like trash men back then. He said, don't you read your Bible, Tom? God has chosen the foolish of this world to confound the wise. And he said, that night an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And he said, you don't have any idea the glory of God that shines. He said, it became so bright that they, he said, if you saw the face of those shepherds, terror, terribly frightened. He said, in fact, my friend had to just calm them down. He said, listen, he said, don't be afraid. Behold, I, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will be for all the people, not just you Americans. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you. And, and he stopped me. He said, Tom, did I just say for you? Tell him that. For you, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He said, this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. He said, that's where I came in. Suddenly, he said, we got to appear with the angel. There was a whole multitude of us, heavenly hosts. And I'm like, hosts like like on an airplane? He goes, no, host means armies. Haven't you ever read of the Lord of hosts? That's talking about us, a mighty teeming throng of angels. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I remember you guys saying, glory. He goes, stop talking, Tom. He goes, number one, we didn't sing in Latin. And number two, he said, don't you read the Bible? I said, yeah, we sing about how you sang all the time. He said, read the Bible. Does it say we sang? It says, suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying. And I said, yeah, but here's the thing. We've got all these songs now. I mean, we can't rewrite this stuff. (laughs) They said, glory to God in the highest. And I go, oh, yeah, yeah. And then peace on earth, goodwill to men. Isn't that, I'd love to, he goes, it doesn't say peace on earth, goodwill to men. That was a poor translation in the King James Bible. It says on earth, peace among men with whom he's pleased. Well, he's pleased with everybody, right? I said, is that what the Bible says? Does Christ bring peace to all men? Wow, that was sobering. So I was like, well, what do you want me to tell him? He said, well, listen, as you celebrate Christmas this year, let me leave you with some thoughts from an angel. Now, here's the thing. This is, because some of you are like, are these your thoughts, Tom? Or No, these, I'm not the angel, right? Okay, so... These are some thoughts from an angel, but he reminded me of some thoughts from Scripture. He said, number one, would you please tell your people to focus on Jesus, not on saints, and not on Mary. He reminded me that John got all preoccupied with an angel one time. He said, in Revelation, John heard and saw these things. He was so astounded. He fell at the feet to worship at the feet of an angel. And he said, don't you remember what the angel said? The angel said, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant of yours. He said, that's what Mary would say. Don't worship me. I'm a fellow servant of yours. Worship God. Make it about Jesus. 
He said, Tom, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. We're just here to serve you. I was like, wait, you serve us? He said, yeah, haven't you ever read in Hebrews 1? To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool? Well, I said, well, what are angels? He said, look what it says. They're ministering spirits. They're sent out to render service. We serve you, he said. He said, we serve those who will inherit salvation. And, that got, and then I remembered, I was like, I've always had a question about that verse. I said, now when it says you'll serve those who will inherit salvation, does that mean like you keep us alive because you know we're elect and, and you prevent Satan from killing us so that we could get saved? You, you serve those who will inherit salvation? Or does it mean that after I became a Christian, you're there to assist me? You're there to help me. God sometimes uses you to keep me from danger and pain. You, you, you put your angels around me by your grace, or the grace of God, rather. And he said, you figure that out. You have a Bible? Okay. I said, all right, so I'll tell him first to focus on Jesus, not Mary or angels or saints. He said, yeah. And secondly, he goes, tell him to praise God for his mercy and grace toward you. He said, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, Tom, but he goes, it's a mystery to us angels why God made no offer of salvation for Satan and his angels. What do you think? You're something special, you humans? You deserve a second chance? He only offered mercy to humans. He said, as it says in Hebrews 2, assuredly he does not give help to angels. He said, so remind your people not to get too proud or, or self-centered, he said, because it's only God's mercy and grace that he offers salvation, not because somehow we're someone special. And I thought about that. And so I want to praise God for his mercy to save sinners, that he would send his son to die for us, not for angels, but for us. He said, Tom, would you please tell your people to read carefully God's word, the Bible? He said, listen, there's stuff that we don't even get. You are privileged. You have the spirit of God in you. You have the church community. You have Bibles. He said, don't you remember how the prophets of old, as they predicted Christmas, it was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you and these things which have been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you? And Peter said, things into which angels long to look. He said, that's us. He said, you guys have Bibles. You could sit down. He said, that Riverstone Institute? He said, that place ought to be packed. People learning how to study and read the Bible for themselves. I said, you don't understand. Our, our people, you know, they don't have time for us. And then I just stopped talking. And he said, fourth, remember this. He said, the same Jesus who came at Christmas is coming again. He died, he rose, and he will return. And I was like, well, yeah, but why are you bringing this up? He said, because we're going to be there. I said, what do you mean? He said, do you remember Acts chapter 1 when Jesus went up into heaven? He said, two of my angel friends, verse 10 says, in white clothing stood beside him and said, men of Galilee, why are you looking up in the sky? The same Jesus who was taken up to heaven will come again. I was like, oh yeah, angels did say that. And then he said it again. We're coming with him. I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, don't you read your Bible? I said, yeah, I read the Bible. He said, well, don't you remember what Jesus said? The Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels. And I was like, oh, yeah. In fact, I, I did some looking into this. Jesus said this a lot. 
He's coming with his angels. And then he will recompense every man according to his deeds. And that made me think, because I can't tell you how many people, this is God's honest truth, I say to them, do you think God will let you in heaven? Oh, yeah, I'm a good person. I'm like, are you mad? You're a good person? You've never done anything wrong? You think God's just going to look the other way and say, I saw your heart. I saw your secrets. And he's just going to say, come on in. Jesus said you'll be recompensed according to your deeds. And then I was like, you know, the Bible says that, that the dead in Christ will rise and will be caught up to meet the Lord. He said, yeah. Jesus said the Father will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the earth to the other. I was like, wow. So he said, Tom, it's not about us. We're coming with him. Be ready. Tell your people, be ready. So I'm telling you. He said, Tom, tell them, please take this seriously. It breaks my heart right now to look out and see people sleeping. And I'm not mad at you, because maybe you're up all night. But the Bible says the Lord Jesus is going to give relief to those who are afflicted when he's revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Oh, well, I said, what about gentle Jesus, meek and mild? He's like, yeah, that's part of the story. But the Bible says Jesus will deal out retribution to those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his power. He said, Tom, I don't understand. He said, the people that sit in your church week after week, some of them, they hear this and they're not on their face, repenting and crying out for mercy. Satan's clever. Made me think, wow, what does it mean to obey the gospel, to repent and believe? Is it just me? Raise your hand and go, I like Jesus. He said, tell him to take it seriously. I'm like, well, I'll tell him. And then he went on, he said, Tom, remember the real meaning of Christmas is keeping it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. I said, you guys say that too? He goes, not to angels, but when we're talking to you, he said, you so easily miss the point. This is Christmas. It's a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Christ Jesus came to save sinners. Does that awaken in you anything? You're like, well, that's not me then. That's a scary thought. And I said, when you said foremost of all, does that mean you're a sinner? He goes, I didn't say that. He said, that's Paul talking. We're not sinners. Got me. He said, tell your people it would make us awful happy if some of them would repent and believe in the Lord Jesus. He said, just because they go to church doesn't make them a Christian. Going to the zoo doesn't make you a monkey. He said, in the same way I tell you, the Bible says there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Does that strike your heart today? Maybe that's you God speaking to he said, finally, Tom, if you're a believer, he said, tell every believer out there, don't forget. He said, God wants to be worshipped. He wants his will to be done on earth, just like we do it up in heaven. It got me thinking. He goes, you ought to be thinking. He goes, you say it all the time. I'm like, say what? He goes, the Lord's Prayer. He said, Jesus said, pray this way, our Father who art in heaven. Oh, yeah, I say that all the time. He goes, well, stop just saying it. Think about what you're saying. Hallowed be thy name. Worship. 
And he said, and stop just saying this phrase, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. He goes, because read the last part, as it is in heaven. I'm like, well, what do you mean? How's God's will done on heaven? He goes, I already told you how his will's done in heaven. If God tells us to do something, we, we do it immediately. We do it completely. We do it perfectly. And we do it with great joy. He goes, to be honest, Tom, he goes, a lot of times we look over in God and go, I don't get it. I thought these people down there that you've redeemed are supposed to obey you and do your will like we do it up here. That's what they say. Thy will be done on earth. Do they think that's just going around them? It's like, I'll tell them. He said, we do his will perfectly in heaven. Not a question. He said, how's it going? He said, ask them how it's going for them on earth. He said, tell them that verse again. Bless the Lord, you angels who perform his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you who serve him doing his will. Wow, that was convicting, wasn't it? Like, but you don't understand. Man, we're in America, the land of opportunity. He goes, no, I understand. He said, Jesus spoke about you when he said, you're lukewarm. Repent. Wow. That was quite a quite an encounter. I told you at the beginning, I said, don't get preoccupied with clever, right? Get preoccupied with Christ. So I want to allow you a couple opportunities. Me too. Number one, if you're if you're not a Christian, you're like, ah, you know, I Maybe I'll do that someday, or I don't believe that stuff. Could I beg you to repent, to turn to Christ with all your heart and say, I do believe. Even though I can't see Jesus, I don't need some angel to come down here. I believe this book is the word of God, and I will commit my life. I will come as a sinner to Jesus. I'll flee to him. You say, Tom, but you don't understand. You don't know what I've done. I don't need to know what you did. Jesus said, all who come to me, I won't cast out. You say, but Tom, I go to a church where they tell us, you know, we have to do this and that, go to purgatory or whatever. I said, well, you need to, you need to start reading this book. This is the word of God. Will you come to Jesus today? Will you just come and believe Christ came to be your Savior and your Lord? And will you stop playing around? And if you are a Christian, wow, we should be praising God, Right? We have the privilege of telling this to other people. Oh, I don't know what they're going to think. What if, they, what if they think I'm weird? Wow, we're blessed. This church should be packed. We should be begging our friends and family, even our enemies, to come to Christ. We should pray for revival. We should pray for a holy church of obedient, transformed sinners. Wow, I thought, he's right. So let's pray together. I want to give you an opportunity for some of you to come to Jesus right there in your seat. You don't have to do anything fancy. Just repent and believe the gospel. The Bible says, whoever calls on the Lord will be saved. And then I want us to pray together as a Christian family. So first of all, let's bow our heads. Please don't look around. Just if God has spoken to you through his word and you want to follow Christ and you believe what you just heard from the Bible that Christ died to save you, the best you know how, whether you're a religious sinner or an irreligious sinner, just say, Lord Jesus, I am willing to turn and follow you. 
I believe that you died and paid for all of my sins and rose again and are coming again. And from this day forth, I pray that I can follow you as a forgiven child of God. With every head bowed, please, if, if, if you would, don't look around, but if you prayed that prayer and you want to become a Christ follower, I want to pray for you and I want to ask you to just raise your hand and look at me. That doesn't make you a Christian, but if you go, yes, praise the Lord, I see you guys. Anyone else? Say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Those of you who do raise your hand, I want to talk to you. Yes, praise the Lord. Is there anyone else who said God is, is clearly speaking in my heart and I want to follow Christ? Father, thank you so much for the work of the Spirit. Lord, you awaken sinners. I praise you for that. That many years ago you saved my poor soul. Thank you for sending your Son because you love us. Revive our church. To you and your dear Son be all the glory. Wash us thoroughly from our lukewarmness. Ignite within us the joy of the Holy Spirit and power to be transformed and send us out like shepherds telling it over the hills and everywhere that Jesus Christ is born. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.